G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. The conversation about families today, but especially if your family doesn't fit the image of the family that looks perfect. Now, a conversation about our Christian faith, what happens when there is a death or a divorce? And we find ourselves in a single parent family or in a blended family situation where one of the parents remarries. Our special guest this hour is Karina Hudson, who has a specialised ministry to singles and blended families. The ministry is called Blended Not Shaken. Now, Karina promotes dignity and discipleship and direction for single parents and blended families, as well as children's resources. Now, her desire is to see specific support and genuine grace-filled theology extended to single parents, divorced and remarried people in the church. So a special welcome along to this Tuesday edition of 2020 to you, Karina Hudson. Welcome. Good morning, Neil. Lovely to be with you this morning. Karina, just great to have you on and uh, to talk about an issue that sometimes I must reflect. Uh, Every now and then, around the corridors here at Visions, somebody says, oh, I heard some feedback. We don't talk enough about singles or about blended families. So an opportunity Mm. today to perhaps meet a need that is there and the sorts of conversations that might come up uh, that... Uh, we'll be able to make some uh, level of contribution to today because you are especially interested in this area. But I want to first of all ask you, Karina, uh, the name of your ministry, Blended Not Shaken. It's very James Bond. <laughs> it's a great it's a great name for a ministry. Thank you. Yes, sometimes I have a few of my friends laugh and say, you know, how is shaken, not stirred going? And, and they have a bit of a laugh. But <laughs> certainly... Certainly Blended Not Shaken uh, Ministries uh, to me is, is based on a couple of things. Obviously blended um, from, you know, the term blended families, where step families uh, blend a new family unit. And the word shaken, not shaken, uh, comes from the scripture that I love uh, in Second Corinthians, you know, where, where it talks about, Paul talks about we are, um, you know, we are pressed down, but we are not, you know, not shaken. We are um, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not um, shut down. That that's verse, and I love it because that really envelops the Christian life. You know, this side of eternity, that that we are going to be uh, at times pressed, um, hard pressed, but we're certainly not going to be completely knocked down if we if we rely upon the Lord um, to to lead us and to guide us as we navigate our life. So <laughs> that's that's where blended, not shaken. Um, ministry word, wording, I suppose, comes in um, to that equation. Mm. Well, Karina, let's talk about what a perfect family might look like. And I'm, mm. I suspect you're about to say there is no such thing as a perfect family. But when we talk about mum, dad and the 2.6 kids or the mm. pigeon pair, you know, one boy, one girl, and you've got mum and dad, everyone's happily married. Uh, there is a sort of a perfection type image. Uh, and that might be very Australian, too, because I suspect that overseas in 
places like uh, India or uh, other nations around the world where big families are the norm, uh, that looks a whole lot different again. But when you think of the perfect family, uh, sometimes this is the sort of thing that if it doesn't look perfect to us, we can feel ashamed or guilty or something like that. Uh, mm. Reflect a few moments, uh, your thoughts on the perfect family and uh, what most families actually are like. Mm. Well, I, I had the privilege, um, as I still do, my parents are almost 50 years married this year, and uh, it wasn't until I was an adult myself that I realised that, that I grew up in a, in a functional uh, nuclear family environment uh, that was perfect to me. <laughs> I mean, in the sense of uh, I, I love my brothers and my parents and we grew up and we're a Christian family and um, uh, aspiring to, to God's will and way for our lives through the scriptures. Um, so in the Christian context, I wanted, you know, that that was the best, the best way and what I desired for my own life when I grew up and, and got married and, and had the that fairy tale thought in my mind that I would want to, you know, meet my first boyfriend, marry him, and and live happily ever after with lots of children. And I think, for uh, particularly for Christians, um, we know we know the biblical um, model that God set up right from Genesis, um, and how you know man and woman meet and they fall in love and and get married and have have a family and like you say, live happily ever after. But the reality, this side of the fall, is that we we live in a sinful world, and so that perfect family, um, even within a, a nuclear family environment, as I've now discovered, much older and wiser, I'd like to think, uh, doesn't exist. Um, and we we live in a world where there's pain, where there's brokenness, where there's dysfunctionality, uh, where we uh, we grow up uh, in environments that perhaps are not the the ideal, uh, and then uh, enter into our own family marriage units uh, with baggage and with with issues and so on. And uh, it's only by the grace of God, I believe, that uh, marriages do last. Um, The marriage between a a woman and a man um, lasts uh, because it is hard work. And unfortunately, uh, we have many people um, in the Christian context, in our Christian churches and in our Christian schools across the nation, particularly in the Western world, uh, that um, who, who are Christians and that their happily ever after, their perfect um, view of, of, of wanting to have this perfect family um, doesn't, doesn't exist and, and doesn't happen for them. And, and so hence, that's where I'm at and that's where this ministry um, um, exists because of that reality. So when it all goes pear-shaped and it doesn't meet your expectations and, uh, as you say, you know, the sort of the glorious goal and everybody has that uh, type of aspiration that on your wedding day uh, you'll marry the person Mm -hmm. of your dreams and have a family and live happily ever after and uh, it does happen for some people and uh, and for yeah. whatever reasons. I mean, you know, there are going to be uh, good principles upon which a family is founded. Uh, but you've got two mm-hmm. people in a marriage and not always uh, do they share the same values and things go wrong when things go pear-shaped. This is where you come into the picture here, Karina, and, and I must honour you for a very special...
specialised ministry that you have because you are reaching out to people and a lot of our churches are made up of people that you want to minister to where it all went wrong and somehow or other people blame themselves, they feel guilty about it, they think it's all their fault and they wonder about how they feel in light of God. Uh, When we bring in a spirituality into all of this and it all went wrong, how do we feel about our own relationship with God. What are your thoughts? Mm, that's it's quite a that's quite a big, a uh, big topic in itself. Um, the ladies that I minister to in the different single stepmom support groups that I run here in South Australia, there seems to be a common thread, and it was the same for me too. I mean, I became a Christian when I was eight years old, and I was a part of Christian education as well, and so I grew up in a, a Christian school environment. And like I said, we went to church. Um, every week and were involved um, heavily in our church at the time. Um, But I believe that, uh, as was the case for me and as others, ladies that I've I've come in contact with and ministered to and pastor, is that there is a faulty theology that's existing amongst many Christians. Uh, It's very much a law or works mentality um, over a grace theology and that we somehow feel as Christians we need to earn, continue to earn our salvation once we're saved, that somehow there are certain sins that that we commit as Christians uh, that are unforgivable um, or that God won't accept us anymore or that God no longer is pleased with us because we have had uh, a failed marriage uh, relationship or or even, you know, and to the extent of then get remarried uh, later on. Um, and feel that God is is not pleased anymore and that he's not going to bless our lives into the future because that we have done this and that, yes, God hates divorce and, yes, um, He, you know, his desire is that we are reconciled, you know, if, if we have an estrangement in our in our marriage and uh, there's restoration there. Uh, but but ultimately, um, his relationship, he wants a relationship with us and he loves us and Jesus, when he came, uh, paid the price for all of our sin and something that took me a long time to to grasp um, because I've had two failed marriages, that God was angry at me and that I saw God as not my father who loved me unconditionally and graciously and his mercies were new every morning, but that somehow he was my judge and that, that I was um, no longer... Um, worthy to be called his daughter and worthy to be called his child and I hadn't lost my salvation I hadn't you know had gone that faulty in my thinking but what I see Neil in 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 the context that I work with and the people that I come across and want to love and and extend grace to is this faulty this faulty theology um and so I think as churches and as and as um Christian schools and organizations and Christian counselors that that minister to these these families and to these children, these people need to put them on the right path with their theology, um, first and foremost. It's uh, this uh, age-old question of God's grace Mm. and living under his grace uh, with an appreciation with the idea that he has given us an ideal. Uh, that sometimes we think about the Ten Commandments and we say, uh, aren't they ten rules to live by? 
but if we look at them in a little different way and we say these are 10 aspirations to what is a wonderful gold best practice standard, uh, we realise very quickly that we can often fall short of those. Mm. And it's this appreciation of God's grace even though he's given us an ideal of what perhaps yeah. what the perfect family might look like, uh, to be able to function in where the rubber hits the road for each individual life, we need to be able to appreciate God's grace in order to thrive, in order to actually grow and to flourish in our Christian walk and appreciate just who he is, even though we have shortfallings. What are your thoughts on, on just what the aspiration might be and actually where the oh, reality absolutely. is for people? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, I wholeheartedly agree and believe that, Neil, that God's standard, you know, man and woman, children, family, uh, is God's ideal and it's God's best. It's God's best for us, uh, most certainly. And I believe that he has set that in place for our safety and for our benefit uh, and for all the blessings that come from doing things God's way. And, And so even though my heart... Um, was grieved when that wasn't going to be the case for my first and my second failed marriage, um, that God, in his beautiful way, does make all things new and his mercies are new every morning and that he is the God of the infinite chances. If we come to him with uh, a repentant, contrite spirit and say, Lord, yes, Yes, we have failed. We, you know, we have failed you. We have we have sinned against you. Um, sometimes not through a complete fault of our own. It's like you've, you've said a couple of times. Marriage is between two people, and it takes two people to to make a marriage work or to make a marriage fail. And so, but despite all of that, God God will love us, and He will graciously accept us back. And so, I I stand here today as a person who is a recipient of His grace. Um, his grace um, that it, that covers me um, every day, and that I, I look at my marriage with my husband Tony. We've been blending our family now for nearly eleven years, and it's by the grace of God that we that we continue to to do that, and um, and to to love each other, and to love our children, and our blended family, and and to honour God with our lives uh, going forward. And so my my heart, although um, is certainly the best way is is God's way uh, first and foremost. You know, no no broken marriage, no no single parents um, struggling to do it on their own, um, no divorce and remarriage, and so on, and all the complexities that that brings and the difficulties that that brings. Um, my my God, I I stand firm in knowing that He He's bigger than all of that, and that uh, if our hearts are right before Him, uh, we can as Tony and I can attest to, continue um, to see his grace um, in our lives. And I see grace too extended and love extended to the single mums and the single dads um, that are in this ministry uh, as well. Uh, Karina, describe how your family looks now because you've got you and your husband Tony Mm -hmm. and uh, you had children from your former marriage. He had children from his former marriage. How does your family look today? Yes, okay, so... Our, our family um, obviously is Tony and I and I had two children from my previous marriage and a son and a daughter and uh, Tony had um, a son from a de facto relationship that he had 
um, before he met me, before he was saved. And so we came into our marriage with three children, uh, one of his and two of mine, and then a year later, or just under a year later, <laughs> Nathaniel, um, the owls in our yours, mine and our family, um, completed our family. And so Nathaniel's um, our almost 10-year-old boy, and he's the, he's the owls in our yours, mine and our family. So there's six of us uh, together. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our guest this hour is Karina Hudson with a specialised ministry to singles and blended families. Her ministry is called Blended Not Shaken. Uh, we are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. In fact, let's take a call, Karina, from Len in Victoria. Hello, Len. Welcome along. G'day. How are you going? Very well, Len. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? Well, I've only just uh, come back in from mowing a bit of grass in the backyard and I just turned it on again. And I uh, I wanted to know, uh, she's got a blended family, which is nice. Uh, I don't have a uh, wife anymore. She walked out about 12 years ago and I wouldn't bother getting married again. I'm 69, just turned. And uh, I wanted to know, uh, when you spoke about the church, it seemed like that you were talking about the building. So I want to know what you say is, what is the church? Okay, well, the church, uh, of course, is uh, that group of believers who are followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's the people who typically are the church. When we refer to church, sometimes we talk about a church building, and uh, obviously a church made of bricks and mortar can't pass any judgments, can it? But people can, and that's, I guess, where we're talking today. Uh, Your thoughts, Karina, for Len in Victoria, uh, feelings about how... Uh, the church might react to uh, to blended families. Sure. Well, hello, Len. Uh, thank you for calling in. Um, I yes, like Neil, uh, I agree that uh, the church, by definition, um, is is a word to describe um, God's people, uh, a body of believers across uh, any denomination uh, who meet together, um, whether it be in a corporate sense or whether that be as a you know, as a group of people who meet in a home or whatever, but the church um, is essentially a group of people. Now, um, I, from my experience of being in churches since I was eight, year old, eight years old and I've been in a number of different denominations over the time and have met many beautiful people uh, in God's family, that is the church, there, there have been uh, a number of, uh, of people, of, of individuals within, within the church who I suppose haven't, I believe, represented Jesus well in in how they mis- have mismanaged or mistreated or probably not shepherded well uh, their flock and members of their flock that, that have had um, a failed marriage and that are living um, as single parents or, or even you know, choosing to remarry in, in years to come. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> In, to, to uphold the church still and, and God's people, which, which we need to do as, as Christian people because it's Jesus' bride and who Jesus is coming back for, um, I, think, I think many, many people in churches just don't know how to, how to minister effectively to people that, are, that, have, that have been divorced um, and are single parents now or remarried people. I, I think 
generally speaking, it's just um, maybe a little bit ignorant or, or lacking in understanding. Sometimes there's certainly judgment um, that uh, is very self-righteous or pious uh, for sure, and I've experienced all of those. Um, but ultimately, they are people, um, and it's it's the Lord himself that, that we look towards because people will let us down, even in the best churches at times, and do things um, in a human way instead of perhaps a Holy Spirit-led way, um, how Jesus would, would treat um, people uh, in this situation. And so um, my encouragement to you would be that uh, although the Church of God is a group of people, um, its, its head is Jesus, and Jesus in, in the Scriptures himself makes it really, really clear how he loves people, how he dignified people where they were at. He met them at their point of need. And that's really how church should be treating um, their flock. Len from Victoria, thanks so much for your input today. And just before I let you go, Len, uh, you mentioned uh, you're 69. Uh, your wife walked out on you 12 years ago, uh, but uh, and you'll never remarry. And uh, this idea of the pressure to remarry in church life, whether you're in the younger age or whether you're uh, getting into retirement years, uh, there is often a pressure, isn't there, Karina, to remarry? But uh, but being mm. single is just as good in the sight of God. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, Len from Victoria, thanks so much for your call today. Let's take another call, an anonymous caller. Hello, welcome along to 2020. Thank you. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm just... What's the lady's name? Linda, is it? Uh, Karina. Karina is our guest. sorry. All right. I just want to say to Karina, I'm in my 60s. Um, I've been divorced like over 30 years ago. My children were quite young. My ex-husband had custody of them because of the oldest one wanting to stay with him. He remarried a woman who had another child. My children had a miserable childhood. She goes to church, not my church, excuse me, but what I want to say is I feel betrayed by the church in a lot of ways that they're all working around now to help blended families, which is helping to push us access parents more out of the children's life. Okay, interesting thought there. Uh, Mm. Your response, Karina? Mm. Look, I I, um, agree with this lady who's called in 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 the sense that uh, churches um, in the past um, have mismanaged and misrepresented Jesus in the way they deal with people in, in their churches and their congregations. Um, I, I'm extremely sorry and saddened by that. And I've heard a number of stories of ladies like um, this caller who's calling in now of, of similar age who, who say to me, oh, goodness, I wish, I wish that, you know, the church treated me uh, in a, in a better way than they did all those years ago and and you know as a result now my children are this that and the other and had you know had miserable upbringing and and that sort of thing and it really it really saddens me and it and it makes um it makes me think oh gee you know i'm ahead of my time in that sense but but you're saying that you know the lord like i said before and like i said to to len um it's it's the Lord we need to look to more than we look to people. Unfortunately, people are in the church, even with the best intentions and sometimes not the best intentions and doing clearly the wrong thing by us. Uh, you know, need to, we need to look to the Lord because he won't do the wrong thing by us and he, um, he loves us and 
you know, he wants a relationship with us that far extends past what, what happens in our own church. Thank you so much to that caller. And our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about blended families and single-parent families today. Our special guest is Karina Hudson. She has a ministry called Blended Not Shaken. And just on the back of that anonymous caller, Karina, when did you start to notice that there were separated and divorced and remarried uh, Christian people in church who were perhaps feeling as though they weren't being pastorally cared for in the way that they ought to, not being accepted in church life. Uh, I suppose this is part of the motivation for you getting that ministry going. Oh, certainly, absolutely. It was when I was a single mother um, myself, uh, but more specifically when Tony and I got married nearly 11 years ago that we both of us noticed it. Now, look, the, the church we were involved in at the time loved us, accepted us, uh, were very supportive as much as they possibly could be. We were the only church, sorry, the only family at the time that were in that situation. And for a time, I was the only single mum in the congregation before that. Uh, But it wasn't until probably about four years ago when I finally bit the bullet and and, um, did what the Lord was calling me to do 10, 10 years ago, and that was to start to write down what my children were saying to me, like that caller was saying before, you know, uh, about you know her children and miserable life that they had and, and, and difficulties they had. It just it breaks my heart because I know my own children and their own experience and, and what I've seen. Um, it's The children are terribly adversely affected um, by their parents' split. And Karina, we're just about to go to news in about 30 seconds, but just to add in here that some of the resources that you have with your ministry, Blended Not Shaken, are children's books that are specially designed so that the children don't suffer uh, either from the predicament or the mistakes that parents may have made uh, and, in fact, uh, dealing with some of that uh, and the ire that can come sometimes uh, in church life. We'll continue the conversation. We'll talk about those books too after Vision National News. Let's continue to take some calls. Uh, Karina, let's hear from Naomi, who's been waiting patiently in South Australia. Hello, Naomi. Welcome along. Hello. Naomi, what are your thoughts on our conversation today? Yes, um, first I want to say thank you very much for allowing me to put in my thoughts. Um, yes, um, I love that word blended and not shaking because I'm not shaking. I'm a single mom with three kids and I got a boy um, who's on the spectrum. And yes, I just believe God and all His grace surrounding me, um, and we got a lovely church that supports all. And pray for me to be able to get a husband. I was married before, and God divorced. Naomi, you have a beautiful story to tell, mm-hmm. and I know it can't be easy for you with three children as a single mum, but uh, you've found a level of support in your local church, uh, and they are clearly uh, embracing you. Mm-hmm. Let's hear a thought or two from uh, from Karina for Naomi this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, good morning, Naomi. Thank you for ringing in. It's uh, lo- lovely to hear your voice and to say, you know, how how even though you are a single mum, you are being supported by your local church and the grace of God is just encompassing you and 
you're you're sensing his presence in your life and the lives of your children and your family. And it's just, it really warms my heart to hear that, Naomi. It's lovely um, to hear you say that um, across the waves of the radio. Um, I, I'm so glad to hear that um, we have a lady that's called in that, that, that truly um, is able to say that her church is loving her and supporting her and I um, yeah I'm just I'm so I'm so pleased that she's in that situation that she has that support um, in her church. Uh, Naomi thank you so much for your call today and uh, let me just before we take another call because there's quite a few uh, calling through 1-800-316-316 before we take another call the idea Karina that Christ is the cornerstone in Mm. a new blended household or in that single parent family uh, where the church supports that idea that Jesus is there and you can flourish no matter what the circumstances that you're under, how how important is it to, in fact, in a daily way, to declare that Christ is the cornerstone oh, of this new family yeah, unit? Yeah, it's, it's fundamental, Neil. It really is. We, whether we're a single parent family or a blended family, um, in our in our Christian lives, we know we we uphold what the biblical standard is, and that is keeping Christ at the centre, keeping Christ at the centre of our families, of our marriages, or of our parenting if we're single parents. Because as we've said uh, across this whole segment today, that God's God's way is the best way, and his biblical way for life and for family um, holds true whether it's one parent uh, in the family or or in a blended family situation as well as it is in a nuclear family and, and God's um intended and um, ideal design so uh, I believe wholeheartedly that you do things God's way in your parenting um, God will, will honour that and you will see that the benefits of that whether you are a blended family or a single family Let's take another call Val is in Mackay Hello Val, welcome along Oh hello um, Corrine Hello and, and, and hello, um, Neil. Neil Wonderful to uh, hear from you Val, what are your thoughts? I just wanted to make a point, uh, you know, marriage was supposed to be a picture of the covenant between God and his people, mm. and uh, <clears throat> that's why there's such a, a hard stance against divorce. But yes. in Jeremiah, uh, we read that God is a divorcee. Uh, he says mm. of Israel... Mm. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. So um, the grounds for God giving Israel a bill of divorce was adultery. And so, you know, God is a divorcee. And when Jesus was speaking, he he pointed to um, God's ideal, uh, you know, the two schools of thought that uh, was a hardline stance and there were those mm-hmm. who wanted to divorce for just any reason. Right. And Jesus came against that and he, and he said he pointed to mercy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he pointed to God's ideal, but his overriding principle is mercy. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he says, Amen. I would have mercy and not sacrifice and uh, it was, um, uh, before I, I get cut off, uh, I've got a paper here that I've done. Could I send that to you? 
uh, or send it somewhere. So what I'll do, Val, it. is uh, I'll put you on hold and I'll okay. get John, who's uh, in charge of the phones today, yeah, to I'll take your it. detail. I'll pass on your number then uh, and you can pass that paper on to Karina. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Val. Great uh, great input today. Uh, just a quick response there from you, Karina, on, on the that mm-hmm. uh, scripture from Jeremiah. Yes, mm-hmm. God is himself yes, a divorcee. He's not Absolutely. completely separate from the struggles that we face. Absolutely, and uh, Val is absolutely right that uh, God, you know, did um, ordain divorce um, for certain circumstances. And then when Jesus, um, in you know, when he was uh, questioned uh, about putting you know women away um, uh, for you know for uh, divorcing them and so on, Jesus certainly did continue to uphold the ideal, um, which we've been talking about Neil the whole time, the, the ideal of, of, of man and woman and, and, and remaining married until death, uh, but also that, that Jesus is fully aware uh, of mercy that needs to be extended when those circumstances don't always add up. So I'd love to. I'd love to read Val's paper. Absolutely. Okay, we are taking calls. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join in our conversation today, let's take a call from Anne in Jimboomba in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along. Hi. Um, I'd like to make a comment. I was a single mum for many years, starting from when my eldest was only six, and I had a girl and a boy. And when my son was about eight, he said to me, "Mum, who's going to teach me how to shave?" And um, and I thought, you know, this is a difficult job as it is, but I there are certain things I can't help my son with. I went to my church. I actually was in two churches over the period of about eight years. And I went to both those churches and said, is there anybody here who can help with mentoring my son and helping him with the things I can't? Neither church really responded to that. And so um, I think not only do we have to help the single mums or single dads, but we also have to look at the children. Now, when we look at our communities, at least half our families are single parents. And if we reach out into our communities to help them with their son, we don't even have to talk about Christ. If, we're ju- if our men can step up to the plate and just, help them, you will win the whole family because the mum will say, why is this man interested just to be there to help my son? Then you have an opportunity to witness. Mm. And I'm telling you now, we'll have our churches filled with new converts. And what a great point. Mm. You're talking about people being the hands and feet of Jesus. And really when we talk about sometimes this pastoral care aspect and what sort of influence your church has in your community, uh, the idea of Mm. doing very simple things in a mentoring role there. Your thoughts, Karina, on what Anne is saying? Oh, absolutely. She's spot on there with uh, the practical help that is needed. And uh, for for the single parents and for the blended families in the churches and that churches need to have their eyes wide open to help in a practical sense. Um, you know, with, when a father, in her instance, obviously, um, was absent for her, for her son and uh, that's where the, the extended uh, family also is really important. And I know for me, I had, uh, obviously, my, my children, their father was present and still is present in their lives for those things. Uh, they have a, a stepfather too um, that has stepped in 
when he, when their father is not there. I also have very supportive parents and I also have very supportive um, brothers and sisters-in-law as well that that take upon themselves that um, that mentoring role for, for my children. Um, so I think it's a joint effort and I don't think it's just the church per se, although uh, the church need to have their eyes wide open, particularly if someone's... Um, uh, you know, disassociated or estranged from other family members, or living at a distance where they don't have uh, support of uh, of family close by. But I certainly agree with what Anne's saying, and it saddens me that that, that people weren't available uh, to, you know, to, to to help her son in that regard. But I, I completely agree with her, and suppose um, you know, would then segue into what I'm. Um, my my heart is for the children. It's not just single parents and blended families you know, for their pet, for the parents, but uh, for the children. And that's how my books came about because I was listening to my children and what they were saying and then creating uh, Christian literature for them. Um, and so children can know um, that God is with them, that he uh, is for them um, despite what's going on with their parents. Thank you so much to Anne from Jim Boomba for your input. And uh, just quickly on the back of what Anne was saying too, uh, finding a church that actually has a level of intimate community uh, that people will be able to help because not every church does have that level of intimacy, that level of community where people are not just turning up for church on Sunday, but they turn up at church and they're amongst friends. When you've got this community building in church life, it's much, much easier to receive the help you might need, and especially on some of these fundamental issues about teaching a son how to shave. Uh, Your Mm. thoughts on community in church, uh, Karina, because if you've got good community, uh, your family is likely to fit in a whole lot better. Oh, it certainly is. If if your churches um, and leadership are aware of your flock, you just need to know your flock, don't you? A good shepherd knows his sheep and, uh, and knows all the... The, the details of each of each lamb and each sheep in the fold, and so churches need to be fully aware of what is going on in each of their um, the lives of each of their um, people in their congregation. And when you're aware uh, of the needs, you then um, go about meeting those needs. But um, look, in saying that too, I know there are some people. Um, in churches who are single and step parents, and they they don't ask for help, and they don't they don't want um, to be seen to be being needy as well. And I've said to my ladies in in my groups too, I've said, look, you know, if you have a su- supportive church that you're a part of, you need to ask for help. And it's it's hard sometimes. People have a level of pride within them, within, which isn't actually the church's fault. Um, it's it's the fault of the individuals not being willing to humble themselves enough to say, oh, I actually have this need. Um, can, can, the, can the church, people in the church help meet it? So as much as I, I agree with what Anne's saying, that churches need to step up and, and help in a practical way, uh, also I would extend um, uh, an invitation and encourage uh, single parents and blended families listening that are part of churches to also 
speak up and say, look, these are the needs that I have in my family. How can you help me meet these needs? Thank you so much to Anne from Jimboomba. And we're going to take a break in just a few moments, but let's quickly talk about these books that you've written because uh, clearly uh, those who have no fault of their own, even if you can ascribe fault uh, to parents uh, who may have gone through divorce and uh, not saying we should ascribe fault, but if even if you could, it's the children who mm-hmm. have to uh, come to grips with and uh, to lie, try to, uh, to flourish uh, in the circumstances. This is where your books are so important. Uh, three books you've written, Karina, one called My Two Houses, another one called Caught in the Middle, and your third one, My Family Bush. A uh, mm. quick little outline on each of those so that listeners are aware of the sorts of things you're trying to communicate. Mm. So the first um, book, My Two Houses, is Jeremiah's story uh, in, in essence. And so it looks at the backwards and forwards, the kids going from one house to the next. It looks at the different um, concerns that come up, um, that it is hard, it is sad, it is scary at times, uh, going from house to house. But then it ends very hopefully, as all my books do, uh, with a hopeful message that God is there and God is with you, um, despite the fact that you live in two houses. So there's scriptures um, in the books. Um, the first book alludes to Joshua and how when Joshua was uh, was frightened that God said to him, be strong and courageous, Joshua, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Then you've got the um, the second book, um, which is Caught in the Middle, which looks at, uh, is my daughter's Felicity's story, um, a bit older child, but generally any child from two, three-year-old um, can be read to them or even read, they can read it themselves up to uh, middle school age, about 13 and 14. So my, uh, Caught in the Middle looks a little bit more at depth at the feelings that children experience from being caught in the middle of their parents, uh, loving both parents but knowing their parents don't love each other anymore and uh, there are scriptures in that book too that that help children uh, put into context joy versus happiness, uh, put into context uh, issues that um, are to do with um, being being fearful when things are are difficult and also um, looking at scriptures like concentrating on things that are pure and lovely and honourable and beautiful when things don't always appear that way in their natural life. And I look at Esther in that book as well and how Esther and her story, she was put in a difficult situation and how God used her despite um, the scary situation she was at the time. And then My Family Bush, which is Nathaniel's story, um, our little one's story, um, his is a celebration of blended families and that we have... Um, our blended family that's like a bush (laughs) rather than a tree. It's a little bit messy. It looks at um, what a step-parent is. It looks at what a half and a step-sibling are as well and give a little bit of clarity to that. And I build into my family bush the scriptures that look at family being a blessing from the Lord and that children are a delight to the Lord um, and that it's a blessing to be in a family and God puts the lonely in families. So they're the three books that I currently have on offer. Karina, the age group that those are targeted at, if there are parents who are listening now saying, wow, you're telling my family story here just as you describe those things, what age group Mm. are those books most appropriate for? Well, my first book, My um, Two Houses, originally was for four- to eight-year-olds, but I've heard that counsellors are using that book with 13- and 14-year-olds. So as much as I would like to put a... Um, an age bracket on each of the books, I would say that uh, all three books um, age-wise can be read from 
a three-year-old that can be read to them right up until um, an independent reader reading at 10, 11, 12 and 13. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Just a few minutes remaining in our conversation today with Karina Hudson, who has a specialised ministry to singles and blended families. The ministry is called Blended Not Shaken. Now, Karina, you are in Adelaide and you've got some wonderful support groups that have grown up uh, around your uh, area there. Uh, just quickly describe those support groups. What do they look like? Mm. Well, uh for, it's for single and step parents or step mothers and I have currently five different groups. There's one that meets in the city uh, at Kuron Bookshop on a Saturday morning, um, another one that meets um, at in the northeast um, of the city um, at Windvale at a, a church um, there. I have another group that meets south of the city also on a Saturday and then two other groups, um, one in Gawler which is further north and one at Murray Bridge which is even further uh, from the city again. And each of these groups meet monthly and um, I run all of those groups with the South group um, starting to be run by another lady who's been a part of the groups now for nearly two years. And they meet for about an hour and a half. We um, we support each other. We have a cup of tea together. We um, bring the word um, out together and I share share a word with the ladies, encourage them, build them up. We ask about each other's prayer and praise points um, in our families and pray together and, and praise the Lord for answered prayer. And uh, it builds, builds relationship, um, builds friendship. And, and ladies that come can actually see that, hey, I'm not alone here. Um, there are lots of other ladies um, who are Christians that are in the situation that I am in and uh, there's that solidarity there. Um, and a sense of, okay, I can do this uh, with the Lord's help and, and with the support of others. So that's what they look like in a nutshell. And when we go to your website, uh, I mentioned it just before, blendednotshaken.com.au, uh, what sort of resources are on your website or what sort of encouragement will people have to get their own group going in their town or their community? Not everybody listening is in Adelaide, uh, but mm. you'd, you'd be encouraging people to get these sorts of groups going for uh, single and blended families all over the place, wouldn't you? Oh, certainly, certainly. I think uh, the, core, the core values of the ministry, which I think you've alluded to a few times, uh, dignity, direction and discipleship and so uh, to have a group in a Christian location uh, where people can uh, openly share their faith and bring their Bibles and pray uh, and, and share together openly their, their struggles and um, their successes as, as a family unit, whether it be a single or, or a step family, um, and uh, to, to build their faith and to build the faith of their children and to be given uh, biblical and sound um, advice. Uh, in, in navigating their blended family, uh, it's, it's I think it's really really important. I I offer I've got a blog that I offer uh, encouragement to on my website, um, and obviously as we've said before, there's different resources uh, for your children, uh, or if you're a part of a Christian school even, or a counsellor, or a, a chaplain, or you are a, um, a children's worker in your in your church, uh, the books would. Uh, and the resources would definitely be beneficial to those in your congregation. And no doubt people can get a hold of your books from you online. And uh, are they also available at Christian bookstores around the nation? Not 
yet. <laughs> in South Australia, we've got um, a handful of our smaller Christian bookshops, like uh, the community bookshop in Skala and in Tanunda. The Catholic bookshop has both the first and the second book um, in the city. And I think I've got the first book available in Strathalban um, bookshop. So it would be good. It would be good to. Um, pray into that, Neil, that that uh, those listening um, would be able to help me in that regard so we can have the books extended um, into, into our Christian bookshops across the nation. That's one of my prayers um, into the future. Okay, so the website to be in contact with Karina Hudson is blendednotshaken.com.au. Karina, thank yes. you so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today. And I feel like we've just scratched the surface. There's so much mm. more to talk about when it comes to single and blended families. And perhaps we'll get another opportunity in the not-too-distant future to do this again. Thanks so much for okay. being with us. Thank you so much, Neil. Bless you all. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.